Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So my guest today is Andrew Rosner. He needs no introduction in the domain space, but for anyone else, uh, Andrew is the founder of NCO, Media Options, the world's leading domain brokerage, co-founder of Gantrepreneur, Aping Productions, entrepreneur, investor, and generally a trusted authority uh, in the digital asset space. Thank you for making the time and joining us, Andrew. Wonderful having you here. Tatiana, I uh, appreciate the uh, the invitation and I'm happy to uh, talk to you today. Great. Let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me, how did you get into domain names? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first introduction to domain names was college. Uh, this was the mid-90s and I was uh, uh, taking a very basic HTML course. And I remember we were in the you know computer studio and... Um, you know, uh, the professor is, you know, old guy with a big white beard. And he said, you know, basically you put up this website and, you know, somebody on the other side of the world can see what you post. And that idea for me was pretty just revolutionary. I mean, I, I just thought, wow, what a powerful idea. Um, I, that really stuck with me. I was really thinking about, all right, wow, I want to put up a whole bunch of stuff. I'm quite hyperactive. And so, you know, I, I guess the key for me was that um, I understood that there was this new powerful technology that was going, that was the internet. And in order to participate in that, it all started with a domain name, right? Like, mm. oh, I have an idea. I want to put it online. Well, good, bad, or otherwise, you need a domain name, right? And so mm. um, the first thing that clicked was just like, okay this is really powerful. This is going to be a big deal. I want to participate. And the only way to do that is to have domain names to post things on. But that's it. I don't want to pretend like, oh, I knew domain names were going to be the land grab of the you know digital mm. revolution. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know that these things were going to be valuable. It didn't even literally never even crossed my mind that I would ever sell these domains that I was buying. Um, it was just like, oh, I want to, you know, I've got a bazillion ideas a minute. And every time mm. I have one of these ideas, I go get a domain for it because I may or may not, most likely will not ever do that. <laughs> but when I have the ideas, I get a domain for it. So um, that was it. That was the beginning. And then it really wasn't an after, until shortly after the dot-com bubble burst, basically immediately after the dot-com bubble burst, um, you know, I had heard about like, um, you know, the sale of uh, Marcus Strovsky selling business.com, you know, I think it was seven or 8 million. And I so, you know, there's a few of these outlier sales that we heard about the media picked it up, but I didn't really think about like, Oh, domain names, these are valuable assets. We could sell them. But it was like, just wasn't the way I was thinking about it. Um, and then I got introduced by my now wife, but at the time girlfriend, um, uh, to this, uh, Spanish ham, you know, uh, jamón ibérico in, in Spanish. Mm. And, um, and I bought these domains around, around the ham. And I thought, um, you know, I'm going to start. I, I was actually in this, the frozen seafood business at the time, the commodity trading. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to import this ham. Why don't we have this in the U.S.? It's the best thing I've ever had. I was in Mallorca at the time. And um, uh, I, I found out that it was illegal. And so you know, sort of put that idea to the side, but I had acquired the domains. A couple of years later, I'm on my way to my office and I heard that uh, uh, George W. Bush was going to uh, get the first legally imported Papa mm. Negra ham, you know, ever imported to the U.S. And I thought, oh, I got to get a hold of the guy. I found the, the importer, you know, I was sort of talking shop with him. We were both in the food business. And, um, you know, he... It came up that I had these domains. We made a deal. Ultimately, uh, I realized, you know, basically the deal happened too easy. And I had absolutely no idea how to price these things. But I got the ham that I wanted. And I got, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple thousand dollars and, and you know, some wine and a carving set. But uh, as I proceeded to spend a month eating that 
leg of ham <laughs> and drinking my Rioja, I, it occurred to me that like this guy's in a very niche business. And if he wanted these domains that bad, mm. everybody in every business on earth is going to want or need their domain names, either the domains that match the brand or the domains that match the product or service that they mm. provide. And so that is really when I started backing up the truck. Uh, that was probably 2003. Um, and uh, started backing up the truck and just buying everything I could get my hands on. Um, now, when I say that at the time, I didn't know that there was like an industry. I didn't know there was an aftermarket. I didn't know any of that. So I was just registering domain names that I thought were clever. And most of that was garbage. <laughs> and so after, uh, uh, you know, basically flushing 300 grand down the toilet, I... Uh, I understood that I was on the right path, meaning that I was really, I had high conviction in the idea that domain names were really valuable assets. Um, I just understood that I wasn't good at, yet mm -hmm. at picking what, which ones were valuable and, uh, and what were the factors that actually made them valuable. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I did two things. One is I realized I need a way to create cash flow to uh, continue in this business to feed my my habits, so to speak. And um, so I started brokering other people's domain names because there was really nobody at the time selling these domain names. There was like Rick Latona and, and, and Monty Khan, and they were really, for the most part, either, let's say, responding to inbound inquiries for portfolios that they managed or mm. they were selling domains between from one domain investor to another. Mm. One guy wanted domains that had traffic. The other guy wanted domains that were pretty good, great brands. One guy wanted four letters. One guy had three letters. And so there mm. was this horse, there was horse trading among domain investors. And that's primarily what domain brokers were doing at that time. And so um, I saw an opportunity. I've been in sales my whole life. I don't, I love sales. It doesn't bother me. I was mm. never shy about it. And so I thought, well, why don't I take these domain names that all these guys have and go sell them to, you know, the end user that really would want or need them. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, slowly but surely that worked. And I started making sales and uh, I was using the cash flow from the, you know, the brokerage commissions to reinvest into domain names. And part of that process in speaking with end users helped me with the second part, which was to understand value. Mm. And at that time, one of the biggest factors driving domain value was SEO, search engine optimization. And uh, in speaking with some of the smartest people in SEO in the world, I came to understand that the way to value a domain name was really about, um, you know, let's say it's basically the same as if you're looking at a startup who hasn't launched yet, and you're trying to understand what could this startup be worth? What's this idea worth? Mm. What you're trying to evaluate is what's the total addressable market? And then how much of that market can you realistically expect to capture if mm. A, B, and C goes well, right? And so um, I, I, I thought that that was a at a high level, a good way to evaluate domain names. And then I went about thinking about how to measure those things. And, and actually take that sort of theory and apply numbers to it. And I think that, you know, other than the fact that I'm just really persistent and really, uh, 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 I don't know, aggressive, let's say, uh, I think that the real reason for my success was um, that early observation about how to value a domain name. And that set me apart in several ways. It, allowed me to arbitrage domain investment opportunities that other people missed. It allowed me to move faster than other people could. And uh, because I had a higher conviction in, 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 in the value and, and, and the spread between what I could buy it for, what I thought I could sell it for. And um, it allowed me to speak with uh, domain buyers in a way that nobody had ever done before, which was to say, look, there is an objective value to this domain. Mm. And so you may not want to spend this money, mm -hmm. but 
you cannot help but to understand that there is an absolutely tangible ROI for your business by acquiring this domain name. That ROI comes about in the form of increased conversion rates, increased click-through rates, increased uh, customer retention, increased employee retention, increased employee satisfaction, increased trust with your you know purveyors. All, all, there's all these things, some of them tangible, some of them intangible, that contribute to uh, the value of the domain. And using that, I was able to uh, then go out and, you know, not only build what has become the top domain brokerage firm um, in terms of, you know, gross sales, um, but also um, acquire a pretty, you know, nice little domain portfolio, uh, uh, you know, at the same time. Um, And, uh, you know, they say uh, there's an expression, you know, the best dope never leaves Mexico. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, it was kind of like the best deals never left my desk. Right. So, you know, by becoming the, the, it, there was these feedback loops of like, well, we started selling a lot of domain names and that means more deals were coming to us of people that wanted to sell domains. And then, mm. you know, uh, that gave me more deal flow to choose the domains I wanted to buy as well as bigger names to go out and sell. Mm. Sorry, that was a very long winded answer to your question. No, no, it's cool. Like looking at your, you know, background, like we're talking, like starting from the nineties and uh, in twenty twenty three. So that that could have been longer. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> and but to, and, to be to be fair, I you know I actually consider myself kind of a latecomer um, hmm. because you know I didn't really get full time involved. I look, I didn't even know that there was a domain industry until probably hmm. two thousand five. I think two thousand five was like the first time that I found out that there was like expired domain auctions and you know uh maybe four 2004 2005 something like that where where i found out like there were these domain investors there was Mm. you know expired domain auctions there was forums where people were talking about domains there were you know people that literally did this nothing this is all they did with their life Mm. i didn't even know any of that existed until that 2004 or 2005 period so I, I, I did my exposure to it and, and I started buying these domains, um, you know, not as an investor, but as sort of, a, let's say, internet participant, you know, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But it took it took me, took me, you know, a decade basically to, uh, you know, maybe eight years to figure out the value thing. Mm-hmm. I find that super curious because I'm like even later than you, like I, I literally started, you know, with Mark Upgrade five years i think that's the probably the six something like that and before mm-hmm. that i was in it for like 10 years that, that's pretty, pretty much everything i've been doing was you know software um databases websites and i have been dealing with domain names all that time but i literally never saw them as anything but like a technical detail like you said you know you need a website you have to have a domain name I've given bad advice to people like, it's like, oh, if, you know, that one is taken, put a dash or get a different extension. <laughs> and I've been doing that. And so when I actually started looking at domains differently, looking at them as uh, brand assets and as part of the very important part of um, the whole, you know, brand as, as an entity, I was like blown away. And I actually can't even explain that logically to myself because when, for example, like everybody went crazy about NFTs, one of the biggest, you know, things about it and everything like in, in blockchain as well, that people like, it's like, it's, it's unique. It's on the internet. It's yours. And I was like, domain names have been that for 30 years. Like why, what's the problem with that? And I don't, I don't have a huge answer to be honest. Like I think one of the answers I had, like trying to explain that to myself was exactly that domain industry. And I thought it's, it's very closed up and it's very mm-hmm. like, you know, opaque, you have real, opaque. yeah. And it's, it could be like, I, I don't want to say like, it's the fault of the industry that people don't understand and appreciate domain names more, but I think there is some improvement. To of, be course made fault. Yeah. of course it's a fault <laughs> in the industry. Of course. Who else? Who else's fault should it be? Right? Of course, it's 100% falls on us. 
Uh, yeah. Well, thank Sorry you. To she said I it. Think she it, said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's funny because I, I read your recent interview. Um, the, the written one is, is it on DN Journal? Yeah. Yeah, DN Journal. Ron Jackson. Yep. And you and you were saying there that like everybody thinks you're an asshole and whatever, and you're not. So now, now, now there you go. You said it. You said it's fault of the industry. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 I I'm, a, I'm, um. I think I'm misunderstood, you know. No, I'm um, kidding. Yeah. The, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I a lot of trust me. There's a lot of people that would tell you I'm an asshole. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I just yeah, I just have a very low tolerance for BS, and I, I'm very direct. And um, you know, I, I basically have an allergy to you know anything that isn't just factually driven you know like i i just hate i don't know hubris it's like i don't know just yeah yeah not so I'm very direct <laughs> and not maybe, yeah. maybe not so polite sometimes <laughs> so yeah on, on that with the industry because the the analogy i have is you know you don't have or you probably have but it's very few people that would like to give an example with you know uh, niece and like i have like villas and cool apartments everywhere that are listed for sale for gazillions and sitting there for years nobody walks in and says why are you not selling that to me for you know fifty thousand or bureau squatter you know why do you want gazillions nobody like it just yeah. they'll, they'll be considered crazy and everybody does it with domains and i'm like you know why is that and it, it feels like every time you start a conversation with um domain or potential domain buyer it feels like you have to walk them from like where I guess you were in the nineties where I was five years ago, where it's like, Oh, a domain name is that thing that you need to register to the website to, uh, you know, a domain name is a, like strategic asset for your brand. And you have to walk that walk with them because it just hasn't been done. Yes. It, I call it the, the, the necessary evil problem. So hmm. most people look at domain names as nothing more than a necessary evil. It's like, Oh, I'm starting this new company. I'm super excited. And it's like, oh, I need mm -hmm. to get it. And it's, it's, and that's a problem, right? Um, I think that we're on a path where, uh, where we'll end up is, is that people will observe uh, uh, domain names as the sort of trophy asset that they are, uh, mm. at least really good ones. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, is, uh, if you look at the smartest people in the world and, 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 and let's, let's say the most successful, uh, uh, entrepreneurs in the world, both in tech and in consumer goods, mm. um, there's an overwhelming majority of them who either continuously start new companies using super ultra premium mm. domain names or maintain a sort of secretive portfolio of domains that they've collected mm. over the years themselves or, you know, in the right conditions, even advocate for domain names. Right. And so mm. um, you look at the top VCs, Paul Graham, huge advocate of premium one word.com domain names. Right. Mm. Um, uh, 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 Fred Wilson. Uh, Mark Benioff, I think is also. Mark Benioff, huge. He loves, he loves them. Uh, uh, also all the A16 get Mark Andreessen, you know, there's a fascinating conversation between, um, uh, Ben Horowitz and, uh, Chris, um, what's his name? Chris, uh, also from A16Z, Chris, can't think of his last name at the moment. That's terrible. Haven't had enough coffee yet. <laughs> um, speaking of which, so, um, uh, Anyways, they're talking about, you know, these are literally two of, let's say, the three to five most important and influential venture capitalists on planet Earth that have ever lived. And mm. they have this kind of, they're in this long, it's like a two-hour interview that they're just sort of talking about all the state of, you know, tech and crypto and all this stuff. And they somehow segue into domain names. And it's almost like this passing comment that I haven't heard enough people really talk about but all of a sudden he's like oh domain names i love domain names and i'm just like what i was like floored you know i was like wow what a moment 
And then he goes on to say like, oh yeah, I've got my own portfolio of domain names and you know, I would never sell them. And, and he's like, <laughs> really never. And he's like, domain name. Why would you ever sell a domain name? This is the digital real estate of the future. And he goes on and it's like, oh my God, this guy is saying what we've all been thinking for 20 years yeah. and thought that <laughs> nobody else knew. Uh, and so it, 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 it's pretty seminal. I think, you know, I think I linked to it on our, I don't know, on my Twitter, on, on, on our oh, blog yeah. or something at some point, but um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, I think it's on the A16Z podcast. Um, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you, you, most people, uh, particularly first time entrepreneurs, uh, they don't understand the pain of not having their exact brand match.com mm. or not having an easy to spell domain name or they're or not, you know, or having a prefix or a suffix and the pain and suffering that that will cause you both intangible results, as well as marketing spend, as well as just dissatisfaction among employees, among yourself. Like every time you have to tell somebody your email address, even if you're making a restaurant reservation, it's like having to spell out your domain name or, you know, uh, uh, oh, no, our brand isn't uh, clear. It's, it's, you know, on clear dot com mm. or clear me dot com or try clear or that you know it's like oh but hold on but your logo just is clear so mm. how can your domain not be clear and it's 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 this thing that i think you have to experience that pain um you know I, i've long said people respond better to the stick than they do to the carrot and so i think <laughs> people like you and i we're trying to use the carrot to say Hey, wouldn't you like to buy this domain name? You know, this domain name is going to be great and people are going to trust your brand more. And we're trying to dangle the carrot. And the reality is that's not how people make decisions on things that they perceive to be a necessary evil. Mm. Uh, the way that they arrive at a positive decision is through the stick. You have to beat them with the stick. And <laughs> that is like, hey, Look at all the email you're losing, right? Mm. Hey, look at the traffic you're losing. Hey, look at the brand confusion that's being created in the marketplace. Hey, did you see that there's nine other people who also use your brand and are all basically competing to one day own this, the singular, the mm. only exact brandmatch.com domain name that exists. Only one of you will ever own it. And once they do, it's off the market forever. So who's it going to be? And I think people need to get whacked with the stick and feel the pain uh, in order to change that frame from, you know, where mm. you were or where I was to where we are now. Mm, absolutely. And the, the, the thing is, it's, um, there is also that phenomenon of um, people are like, oh, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can remember that name. You know, I'm, I'm okay with whatever. And they're like lying to themselves and they're not thinking, but even if you are, and I think you're you know, fooling yourself, what about your clients and, you know, employees and investors and, and all of that? And I had a very similar problem uh, when I was doing software and, and websites where people would be, you know, that's going to be a very basic example, but you would have people literally going, can we have that color and that picture? And it's like, you're paying me to tell you how it's supposed to be. And you want yeah. me to do it the way you would have done it? Like, what's the point? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a similar problem. Yep. Yep, it is. Do you, I mean, you said you have a portfolio of domains yourself. If it's not a secret, like, do you have a favorite? Like <laughs> one that you, like, absolutely, that's the one. Okay. Do I have a favorite or you? Yeah, have yeah, you're. No, no, you, you do you. Uh, um. You know, I, I'm particularly fond of twoletter.coms. I, you know, uh, uh, I think I've probably owned more twoletter.coms through our various companies over the years uh, than anybody else. I think we've owned something like somewhere between 50 and 60 of them. Um, so I just, I really love twoletter.coms. I think ix.com is one of my favorites. I, you know, clear.com is definitely, I think, the most valuable domain we own. Um, and, and it's just an amazing brand for so many different things. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I also, you know, I also certainly not our most valuable, but I also really like shaman.com. Okay. Uh, shaman.com is a cool name. 
Yeah. What else do I like? Yeah, we I don't know. We got a bunch of good ones. <laughs> wall wall wall.com is a good one. Cool. Uh and would you say we kind of touched on some misconceptions or mistakes that entrepreneurs and like you said, I think it's very true that mostly it's first time entrepreneurs. Like when, when mm-hmm. people get through that pain of messing up once, twice, third time, then they, they're kind of a lot easier to, to understand that, oh, actually it matters. But in your experience, what are, like if you had a magic stick and you could get entrepreneurs to stop doing one thing when it comes to domains, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, easy. Uh, the number one mistake I see entrepreneurs make uh, all the time is believing that the domain will be, will be there some point in the future when they get around mm. to it. Hmm. I think that's the biggest mistake. And we see this all the time. Somebody hires us. They say, oh, you know, we want to buy this big one word.com. Oh, but we can only afford 50 grand. And it's like, well, you're not going to get it for 50 grand. They're like, ah, well, why don't you just go try anyways? And they're like, all right, you know, let's go, let's go kick those tires. And, um, you know, you come back and you say, well, you know, the domain is, uh, you know, 500 grand. And they're like, well, we can't afford 500 grand. And I say, well, you know, that may very well be. You know, maybe in some cases you really can't. Maybe in some cases it's just a preference of we don't want to spend the money. We could, but we don't want to spend the money. And sometimes that makes perfect business sense. But I think it's an enormous mistake to assume that the domain will be there, uh, not only just be there, but be there at the same price at Mm. some point in the future. And I think that um, there's an evolving dialogue around domain names um, among VCs, among startups, among investors where it's like, you know what? I can't afford to buy that domain for 500 grand today, but what I could do is, you know, let me lock in a $500,000 asking price, right? And I'll pay you some deposit that's basically like a purchase option fee, right? So, Hmm. um, you know, we'll buy an option. I want a five-year option to buy this domain name for 500 grand. And in parallel, I'm going to lease the domain from you for five years, it allows me to sort of build this business up to the point where I can comfortably afford to buy for 500 grand. Mm. And so I think that that's a win-win. It allows the owner of the domain name to get the price they need or they want. It allows them to generate some cash flow from that asset, you know, basically activate it. And then number two, it'll, and then it allows the business owner to build from day one on the perfect domain for their company. Mm. That, that, it, that has so many benefits. I, I, you know, mm. I can't even enumerate them, but like That's just good. a couple are like, Hey, you're de- Think about the amount of de-risking that you're doing by building on the best brand from day one, as opposed to let me build on this other domain with a prefix or a suffix or an alternative extension. And then now I have to do a complete SEO uh, 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 switcheroo to rebrand mm. from that old domain to the new domain at the time when I finally actually acquire it, if you are so lucky as mm. to still be able to acquire it down the road. Uh, and there's an amount, uh, immense amount of risk that comes with that, that, that rebranding. Um, mm. Confusion, SEO risk, you know, all sorts of stuff, Google. So um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that making the assumption that you can just get it at some point in the future is an enormous mistake, particularly when there are so many other ways to, you know, mm. skin the cat, so to speak. Like, you know, mm. like I said, lease, lease with an option to buy or financing or, you know. That is uh, definitely something that would be great to see a bit more of like creative deals. And, and I think there's a lack of, I mean, people don't even think of it as an option. I guess that's one one of the problems, or it's a more or seen as a more complex option. Or I, I don't know, but it really would be great to see more of that. And like you said, I mean, for for somebody, it's completely understandable for a new business to not be able to invest that sort of money. And um, it's interesting that what you hear, at least in my experience, in those cases, is like, oh, we we're still new. We don't know if we'll be there. We don't know if it will work etc etc and it's understandable but that's pretty much what they're saying in you know private communication with me in that case is what their compromised domain name is saying to the world basically yes a hundred percent that's you know what that was an amazing way concise way of describing the problem and Mm. i love that i've never i've never heard anybody say that but that's exactly right 
all of the problems that they're saying to you are exactly what their domain name is telling to the world. They're investors or potential investors, mm -hmm. customers, vendors, partners, employees. And I think that if you were to distill that message down to one sentence, it's we don't believe enough in our long-term exactly. vision. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, that, and that's what it says. Like, you catch it. It's what it says. And, and so, yeah, would be, even though, yeah, it's understandable, um, not many startups can afford, you know, just cash deals on those type of names. It, it would be great to see both buyers and sellers work on some other ways of, you know, getting that um, going because that would yeah. be just I, great for the I fundamentally believe that domain names are the commercial real estate of the digital economy, right? If mm. brick and mortar, if the brick and mortar real estate was the, you know, commercial real estate of the physical economy uh, that has, you know, persisted for, let's say the last, you know, 120, 130 years since the, you know, uh, industrial revolution, um, we are now in the digital revolution, right? And and I still think we're in the very early innings of it. Hmm. And um, domain names are the commercial real estate of that new economy, of that digital economy. And it just so happens that that digital economy is the only uh, 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 meaningful economy on the planet that is still growing. And hmm. the detriment of the physical economy is all benefiting the digital. Uh, the digital. And so uh, I think it is safe to assume that these domain names are you know, truly uh, undervalued assets will continue to appreciate. Price will uh, 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 continue to rise to to closer to value. And um, uh, I think that we will eventually, hopefully sooner than later, start adopting some of the tools and, and uh, financial tools uh, that we see in the commercial real estate industry. Mm -hmm. You know, very few businesses go into the commercial real estate you know, say, oh, we need a new office. Let's go buy uh, an office building, you know? No, mm. let's go lease it, right? And um, uh, I think that that's ultimately where we end up, right? Is um, I, I believe that these domain names are worth 10 to 20, maybe even 100x what the market perceives them to be worth today. Mm. And so, um, you know, people laugh at me and they're like, well, you know, look, I can hardly get a company to pay me 100 grand for this domain name. And you're telling me mm. it's worth a million or 10 million. And it's like, yes, it's just that we are having the wrong conversation. Their mm. perception, the frame in which they're approaching this is that I need to buy this and I need to buy it in a single cash payment. And then I own it. And it's like, well, mm. why? Like, you know, ask the average business owner, like, Hey, when was the last time you logged into your GoDaddy account and did something with your domain name? And it's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't even know the password of my GoDaddy account. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's yes, because you don't really need to touch it. You kind of set it and forget it, right? And that's it. You point it to your hosting. Things that you need to update usually happen at Cloudflare or your host. It, you know, there's not much you're going to do with the domain name. You're going to set DNS up, point it to your host. You're going to set up your email. That's it. Done, right? And so um, does it really matter if that's in your GoDaddy account or it's in an escrow account or it's in some other managed, you know, service, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter. As long as you own the rights to the name, uh, you have a path to ownership. You have a path to, um, uh, you know, there's no, there's no restriction on your growth. Uh, mm. and I think I, I, I don't know what the missing link is to get people to reframe, but I think that's the conversation that we need to be having with, with entrepreneurs is that like, look, e even if you can afford to buy this domain, maybe you should just, Put down a deposit, buy an option, get into a lease, let the domain mm. pay for itself. You know, like, mm. it's like, you know, I, I like to use the numbers of like, let's say, I don't know, let's say it's a $500,000 domain. I think that, you know, roughly 25 to 50 grand is the appropriate deposit to sort of buy your option. And then roughly a half a point to one point per month is, a right, is roughly the right price uh, to uh, lease the name for, call it five years. And in that five-year period, if you think about what's the, the, the life um, cycle of, of a startup, it's usually five to eight years till there's some kind of liquidity event. And so in that five to eight-year period, either you're going to get traction and you're going to be growing, and that option to purchase the domain name is going to be irrelevant in the scheme of things five years out, mm -hmm. or you're going to be a zero and you walk away, 
no harm, no foul. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so we're talking about a $500,000 domain. You pay 25 to 50 grand to get an option for it. I think that's table stakes. Uh, and then, you know, you're paying uh, 2,500 bucks a month, maybe five grand a month to lease the domain. Look, there's probably nobody on your payroll that mm. earns less than that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. And you're telling I, I me that even wanna, the, yeah. value, the value of your company's brand, the place where all your customers interact with you, your medium of communication, your identity is not worth 2,500 bucks. Like it probably costs you 2,500 bucks a month to keep your floor clean. Oh, and no, I know. You can't pay that to lease this name. Like, and so I, there's really no justifiable argument against it. It's just a, it's just a, a framing thing. It's a, mm. it's a perspective thing. And so I think that, you know, our job, people like you and I who are dealing with these, these people who want to uh, buy these names is to reframe that conversation so that people understand, mm. look, this is, this is the commercial real estate of the digital, you know, uh, ecosystem. And you'd be, you know, well advised to get your stake today. You know, like whether that's buy it outright, get an option with a lease, finance it, whatever it is. But waiting is a futile game. Mm. It's going to blow up on you. Yeah, definitely. That's a funny the comparison because I've actually like I've I've had that where you you would have like people coming on behalf of enormous companies for, you know, name that, you know, it's quoted at a couple of hundred thousand. And, and you're like, if you look at just the number of people working for them, they're spending more than that on, on coffee for a week. It's, it's yeah, just exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, like you say, um, and I'm glad you said it because now I can just jump on it and say it's the industry's fault. So we, we have to do a better job. At, 100%. At educating people, that's one. And also, like you said, those options, people don't even think about them as an option. They just like see a huge number and they're like, whoa, that's, you know, a no. Yep. Uh, and also, it's the, they're probably not easy to execute on, which is, again, something that, that can be worked on. There's also another interesting phenomenon that I think is worth discussing, which is like the ones that can't afford it, there's this bias of like, you know, I don't want to pay a million dollars for that domain name and make some domain squatting troll living in his mom's basement rich. Like, I don't want to make that guy rich. (laughs) I want to make him suffer. I want to needle him down on, you know, I want to screw that guy and, and, uh, or girl. And, you know, there's this perception that sort of persists since the nineties back before there was, you know, uh, trademark rights and things. And the, the, these people that like, they're just like, Oh, you're you know, it's a domain squatter. And I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make that guy rich, you know? And they don't realize that like the majority of the great names in the world today are owned by like, let's say 30 to 50 people in the world. Right. And those people are not domain squatters. Number one, number two, they have a lot of money. They probably have more money than the guy trying to buy the domain in most cases. And mm. it's like, look, you're not making anybody rich. Right? <laughs> it's like you you just need to overcome that 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 perception. But there is still this like domain squatter perception. Mm. Um, people don't understand the difference between somebody squatting on, you know, uh, Yahoo with three O's versus, mm. you know, search.com. Right. It's like there is absolutely nothing wrong with speculatively owning search.com or any other generic domain, two letter, three letter, four letter acronym, et cetera. Um, There is something wrong with owning Yahoo with three letters, three O's on the end, right? Like, like Mm. that is somebody trying to capitalize off of somebody else's intellectual property. That's an issue. There are now laws for that. There are rules for Mm. that. There are arbitration processes for that. That is a totally separate thing. There's mm. no crossover. There's no, you know, it's like, I don't know, like, it's like trying to compare like buying, I don't know, a new Mercedes with like going into the hood and buying like, you know, a stolen car that's already had mm. the serial numbers scraped <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just not, it's yeah. not, it's not apples to apples. No, um, no. 
That's a that's a really painful one, and I, I usually the example I give to people, and I, sometimes I don't even try. I'm like just leave, just drop it, like leave it. Okay, it's not, you know, we, we don't understand each other, like we don't agree with each other. It's okay, just move on. But like, like I did mention, I'm in Nice, and, and literally just like across the window, there's that huge apartment with a view to the sea, and they have like like plants and everything, a little garden on the roof, and it was listed for five million, then seven, then ten. And when I, when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, but that's been five years I'm living here. I've never seen somebody even visit. Like there's people going to water the plant sometimes. So then, and I know the people that the state agent that manages that. So they, they don't even have many visits because, you know, it's a, like it's really niche thing. I don't know who's going to buy that. But nobody like I, I, I wouldn't go there and say about a squatter, you know, like. That I don't, do you know what I mean? They either inherited that or bought it, and they, I, I can think that you know it would be better if they rented maybe, so it's just used because we have that as you do. I would imagine many tourist places where like you look for a place place to rent and there's nothing but everything is empty because it's for yeah. sale. But yeah. I can't blame you know you can't blame people who are intelligent enough to invest in that stuff and and also like you do the numbers honestly for most of those places like it the the prices are going up significantly for their, like literally for them, the value of that those properties has gone up over the last year so much so that it would have, it's more than if they had rented it. So why risk putting some people in there, you know, and it's just, it's, it's investment as any other, like it's just crazy. It's a market. Yeah. It's absolutely. a market, right? And, and, and it's exactly what you said. You know, if the market dynamic is that the value of this domain name is rising or this apartment is rising so mm-hmm. fast that it, that it doesn't even make sense to rent it because the rent is so much less than the appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's just the circumstances of the market and the market needs to adjust to respond to that. Um, mm-hmm. What's really interesting about that analogy, though, is it is exactly correct and it's super illustrative for domain names so Mm. that apartment in nice is only interesting to a very unique very Mm. small very limited demographic of of people both because Mm. of the you know the location uh and because of the price and you know other variables domain names uh, and, and if we look at the underlying reason, why is appreciation going up? It's basically two factors, right? There's a lot of variables, but it's two factors. One, and, and the most important is, is just an ever increasing money supply, right? And so ever increasing money supply in the world, um, chasing a limited and more or less constant or even shrinking amount mm. of resources, goods, and services. And so if you have a, expanding money supply, chasing the same amount of goods and services, those goods and services by definition need to increase, right? The, 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 the price. Hmm. And second, the second factor driving that appreciation is, um, let's say market responses, which is for some reason, you know, uh, I, li- I live in Lisbon, Portugal. Lisbon is super hot right now. There's loads of people moving to Lisbon. And so, yes, this ever-increasing money supply um, is driving a general appreciation across the entirety of the asset class of real estate. But in addition to that, you've got this sort of market response, which is, okay, other jurisdictions are, let's say, responding to COVID in ways that people weren't happy about. Other jurisdictions are implementing, you know, either restrictive, you know, real estate policies or, you know, damaging property tax policies or, Mm. you know, whatever. And that's causing people to leave those jurisdictions. And then at the same time, Lisbon is implementing, you know, the golden visa and, um, you know, tax advantages and uh, NHR status advantages and all these different things that attract people to that jurisdiction. So you have some jurisdictions driving people out, some jurisdictions driving people towards them. And then at the same time, this ever-expanding money supply that drives the wave of appreciation, right? Mm. In domain names, it's the same thing. It's just that eliminate the whole like demographic discussion because mm. 
like .com domain names are literally global. Like the potential audience is everybody, right? And mm. so um, whether it's from a buyer standpoint or an audience standpoint, they are wholly unlimited. And so um, it gets compounded even further. And people are like, well, that domain name was $100,000, you know, when I inquired four years ago. And mm. now you're asking, you know, $500,000. And it's like, you know, your house <laughs> was probably worth, you know, a quarter of what it was 10 years ago or five years ago, mm. right? It's just that, you know, domain names are appreciating faster than any other asset class, uh, including Bitcoin, because mm. there is a limited supply of the really good ones and mm. an ever-expanding number of people getting on the internet, building new businesses, all of these things around COVID, all of these things from working at work home, all of these different macro factors that are driving more and more digital businesses or existing businesses that need a digital component. Mm. So that's driving ever increasing demand, compound that with an ever expanding money supply. And you have literally just an exponentially growing global demand for premium domain names. And mm. so, you know, uh, I think that, you know, I, I think that it's just people, again, it's the stick, right? It's people that that mm. person who inquired at a hundred and thought it was too expensive comes back and it's now 500 and they're like blown away. The next time they inquire, it's like third time is a charm. You know, it's like, oh, wow, okay, this thing just keeps this thing keeps going up and up and up and up. I, you know, I better, you know, at some point it's like, OK, you know, part of my language, but shit or get off the pot. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, you know, the, yeah. the trend is not the trend is not going to reverse. Exactly. Absolutely. Do you find there's a difference in um in the, we're talking about buyers, the premium domain name buyers in different markets like the US, uh, Asia, Europe. In, in my experience, for example, and, and you know, the, I do manage a large enough number of names to say that I feel it is representative, like a huge, probably more than 80% of the inquiries are from the US, which I mm. find funny. Another funny thing, and I could never put my finger on how it happens, but it happens, is you would have waves. There's something that happens, I don't know. Like I would have a wave Absolutely. of people from particular country, like in Europe, which normally is a really small percentage of non-existent of inquiries for different names, not related to each other. So there are probably like, I don't know, events that make people think about domain names and branding that I'm not aware of. I don't know. But yeah, what's your experience with that? So I, I 100% agree. And it's something that I think is more, uh, you know, I think you said you've, you've only been doing this for five or six years. And I think it's really in that period of time that we've really seen this change. And I think that a lot of it um, has to do with um, venture capital cycles and um, mm. some of these accelerators like Y Combinator, for example, or Techstars. And I think what it is, is you see these classes of startups that get funded mm -hmm. all at the same time. A VC raises a fund. They deploy it more or less in a, in a quarter, right? And then you see all these this new class of startups that have now raised funding and they've been told by their advisors or their VCs, mm -hmm. go out and get your domain name now, right? And so I think that's part of it. Um, I think that also, you know, the macroeconomic cycles uh, drive mm -hmm. some of this. Um, I think that, you know, business cycles in terms of like, okay, you know, first quarter of the year, there's a lot of planning going on or the fourth quarter of the year, there's a lot of planning going on. And so we see these big booms of sales in first and the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think that that's part of it, but to, to, you know, there's, there is definitely an element to this that, that isn't necessarily explainable. I'm, I'm speculating. Um, but in terms of like differences of buyers and jurisdictions, et cetera, that's absolutely true. Um, I don't think it's as surprising as maybe you've, you know, sort of alluded to I, vast majority of venture capital funding is coming from the United States. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest, you know, startup ecosystem is, you know, in the United States. Um, and so um, that has traditionally been, you know, the biggest market. There's also just a, a propensity for risk taking, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, um, there's a different value system, you know, it's like the moonshot, you know, sort of mentality of like, okay, mm. I've got this great idea. I'm going to go out, raise funding, 
you know, and it's either going to be a zero or a hero. Right. And, and mm. not, there is no, there's no real in between. There's almost like a shameful middle ground. Like, Oh, you built mm. like a business. that's just like, you know, sort mm-hmm. of slowly growing moderately. And it's like, that's sort of shameful. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be going, you know, 30% month over month growth. Otherwise you might as well just die. Right. And, and yeah, that mentality drives sort of the, um, you know, the idea, which good or bad, I think, you know, it's just different. Probably yeah. it's just different. Uh, it drives that like, okay, I'm raising this funding. I'm going to, I, you know, there's just this, there's a process to this and it's come up with a great idea, get support, get funding, go buy this domain name, you know, and then go hardcore on building a consumer brand. Right. Hmm. And, in Europe, it's sort of more like, okay, let's take this one step at a time. Let's be very cautious, conserve capital. You know, we're not going to do the same amount of ad spending. We're not going to spend, you know, bazillion dollars on our domain name. We're not going to make enormous brand investments. In Germany, for example, it's like they almost prefer to have a hyphen in the domain name. It's the weirdest mm. thing. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's just different mentalities. I am seeing though, you know, whereas if I went back 10 years ago, 99% of my domain sales were into uh, the US mm. and the other one or 2% was like Chinese speculators. China. And mm. then, you know, um, that Chinese market grew as the Chinese speculator market grew. I think some of that trickled up to the end user market. So now there is a more robust uh, Chinese end user market, although that has been sort of teetering the last couple of years. And then, um, we are starting to see more deal flow into Europe. Um, we're starting to see even some deal flow into Latin America. Colombia and Brazil have been relatively strong markets. Um, you know, again, these are minuscule compared to mm. deal flow in the U.S., but, um, you know, I, I think some of that ecosystem is expanding outside the U.S. slowly, mm. but definitely differences in mentality. Mm. Was, I, I can't remember if it was Mark Randolph or Nike's founder. It was one of the, those two um, in their books. Yeah, I don't know if it was him or Mark Randolph, but there was a story uh, in because they both have the book of, of how they got to build their businesses. And unfortunately, I don't remember which one of them was it, but one of them was when they arrived first to Europe and they were talking to some entrepreneur um, who had a very successful business in, I think, something to do with leather goods. And and they were like talking to them for hours and hours and thinking, you can do this and you can explore there and you can expand this and da, da, da. And the guy was like looking at them weirdly for an hour and then went, but why? Like, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> why would I do that? You know, I'm, I'm yeah. happy and successful. And I think that's very clearly for me is really captured that mentality of, but, you know, I'm, I'm like, I have, you know, a great house. I have another house. I have an apartment. I have a business that's working. Why would I want to, you know, expand globally and, and basically all the headache that comes with it? Obviously, there's, you know, the good side of it, but it's, there's that different mentality. I think it was really well. Totally. That, so. Totally. Yeah. Um, one, two more questions. Um, one is, at what point do you feel entrepreneurs should get in touch with somebody like you? Um, I think that, uh, great question. Look, I, I think the, the, the honest answer is as soon as possible, right? But um, the reality is, is like, once you believe that you have the resources to make an earnest commitment to try and um, not necessarily, like I said earlier, not necessarily obtain uh, 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 outright by the domain name that is the exact brand match for your company, uh, but at least to uh, you know make an earnest effort at acquiring a path to mm. uh, ownership or a path to you know utility. Um, I think the sooner the better. I think you know. Look, I think really at the end of the day, I don't think it makes sense to choose a brand unless you believe that there is a path to owning the exact brand match.com. Because what I've seen uh, is that there are very few exceptions. I think there's one in the Fortune 1000 um, that was able to achieve, you know, let's say that type of market cap, that type of, of status 
without owning their exact brand match.com. Like, mm. do we think that Amazon would be Amazon if they had never acquired amazon.com? If they were like Amazon books, right? Amazon shop, mm. you know, Amazon store, like, would that be the same? I don't, I don't think so. I, I'm quite confident that, 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 that brand value is what drove their rapid growth. Mm. And so, um, without a path to owning your exact brand match.com, uh, not to mention all the different services and products that have come out of Amazon that wouldn't make sense under an Amazon store, Amazon, mm. you know, whatever. Uh, so I think that, you know, I think really it has to be at the um, inception point. It has to be, you know, when you're trying to decide on your brand, I think it's, uh, let's say, instructive to at least have a conversation with somebody, mm. um, uh, you know, domain broker about, you know, is this a domain name? If I choose this brand, you know, or really the best thing is to work backwards and look at what are the available brands mm. in the market and then work backwards from there to find what your brand could be based on the domain availability. Um, I continue to believe that, you know, it makes absolutely no sense to try and come up with a brand uh, unless you know the domain is available. Mm. Um, and when I say available, it doesn't mean that it's not owned. It means that there's a path to ownership. Um, mm. So yeah, I think as early as possible is the answer. Cool. And last question, what are some, would you say, red flags to look out? So like, let's say I'm an entrepreneur, I'm launching business. I'm looking for uh, some somebody with experience with domains with digital assets. There are quite a few, or like somebody's approaching me for something. What are some red flags to look for? In, in, in terms of the broker or in terms of the domain? Term, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in terms of the broker. But yeah, I guess you could say in terms of domain as well. I mean, if there has been some like um, stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, the biggest red flags in terms of the broker, uh, I think there's, a, you know, there's several of them. But um, number one is if that person isn't demanding that they sign a contract with you, um, you don't want to work with that person because that means that they don't have a loyalty to you. They don't have a fiduciary responsibility to you. They may be playing a spread. They may be mm. front running. They may be, uh, you know, you don't know what their intentions are. Mm. I think that it is absolutely essential that you have an exclusive contract, whether you're buying or selling a domain, you have an exclusive contract with that broker. I think that, that is first and foremost critical and any broker that says, Oh, I don't need a contract or, you know, I don't, uh, you know, number one, it's a sign of weakness. And number two, it's a sign that they may be uh, doing something that is not in your best interest. Mm. Uh, number two, uh, I always like to say, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And so, <laughs> um, you know, any broker that is sort of in a race to the bottom in terms of a commission, again, sign of weakness, sign of incompetence, um, you know, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys, right? Um, this is a really hard job. As you and I have just discussed for the last hour, like very few people understand how to value a domain. Very few people are, uh, let's say, expert enough about domain names to shift somebody's perspective, whether it's a buyer or a seller, in order mm -hmm. to actually consummate a deal. Um, and so what you're paying for is that expertise. You're paying a, 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 a commission fee, um, not for an order taker, not for somebody to just execute on some, you know, set of instructions. You need expertise, uh, 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 to ensure that you're getting an appropriate price, appropriate deal terms, safe execution of the transaction, um, you know, and, expert guidance on, on, mm. you know, along the way. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, time in the business, you know, I think is, is, is important, you know, um, um, you know, I'm reluctant to say that because like, you know, when I started in the business, it's like, you know, um, but <laughs> there's value to be had there just because of network. Right. Mm. Um, uh, the more people, you know, the faster you can get deals done, the more trust you have, um, et cetera. But yeah, in terms of red flags, I think it's really about, you know, 
contractual obligations and uh, commission structure and, um, you know, bullshit. Just, you know, <laughs> it's trying to blow a lot of smoke. It's like, just, you know, probably leave them alone. Cool. All right. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we could talk for like another hour, but yeah, try and keep it listenable in one go. So thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.